welcome to episode 17 of Role Play Grow, the podcast for tabletop entrepreneurs, creators, and fans. I am Courtney Stover of Lighthearted Adventures, and in this podcast, we talk to the creators behind the brands in the tabletop role play gaming space about who they are and how they are turning their passion for gaming into a career. We are going to be starting a bit of a sound series for our next few guests, which is a subgenre that we haven't really explored on the show yet. So I'm definitely looking forward to being able to dive into the world of how music and sound can amplify our games. So first up, today's guest is Sean McRoberts, the creator and composer behind McRow Music. He started creating music for the tabletop gaming scene last year, and as a fun bonus, y'all will actually get to hear some clips from some of his compositions in this episode. We actually did a collaboration with him a little while back. We offer free monthly one-shots on our blog, but our patrons on the Adventurer track get to download a PDF version of each of our side quests. Sean composed a music track for one of those quests a few months ago, and we're actually collaborating with him again for our June patrons. I really enjoy getting to know more about Sean, how he uses music in his own games, and how he's breaking into this industry of creating music for tabletop RPGs. As usual, I've got a few items of business to go over before we jump into the interview. I mentioned this in the past couple of episodes, but we have a whole bunch of map packs over on DM's Guild. Our most recent publication is an all-color map pack for Candlekeep Mysteries that highlights sections of the book that didn't come with their own maps. We also have a black and white map pack for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, specifically for Ythrin. That pack is inching towards a silver medal, so we would love your help in getting us there if you find yourself in need of some maps for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. You can find all of our map packs by either going to dmsguild.com and searching for Lightheart Adventures as the author, or you can go to lightheartadventures.com shop to find all our DMs Guild and drive through RPG publications in one spot. I mentioned the Patreon already, but some other ways that you can support the show are by subscribing, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a review. Lastly, the affiliate that I am highlighting today is Friday Afternoon Tea, because if you are listening to this episode on the day it comes out, I'll actually be going to her shop in two days, and I'm super excited to meet her in person. I interviewed her back in episode six, and it was a delightful episode. She is a delightful person. And I'm excited to meet her. But she makes some amazing tea blends based on her superpowers. And if you would like to snack some for yourself, you can go to FridayTea.com and enter in code LIGHTHEARTADV to receive 10% off your order and help support this show. That does it for our intro today. But first, I'm going to play a bit of music composed by Sean, and then we will dive right into the interview. So sit back and enjoy. Excited to now introduce y'all to Sean McRoberts, the creator and composer at McRow Music. How are you today? I am doing super great. How are you? Good. Yeah. Uh, last night had a very late D and D session, um, so definitely feeling it a little bit this morning. But we're doing good. 
But yeah, so to start things off, can you tell us a bit about who you are and how you got into gaming? Sure thing. I have always just been a really big fan of video games, specifically like JRPGs, like the Final Fantasy series in the 90s. Um, My favorite video game of all time is Final Fantasy VI. So just these big narrative you know, games where there is a lot of story, a lot of character development and stuff like that has always been really interesting to me. And I've tried to like dabble into Dungeons and Dragons uh, like as a teenager, but we were like poor and all my friends didn't have like a lot of money or resources. And like the internet wasn't that big of a thing then that wasn't, you know, you couldn't find what you can find today. So it kind of just fizzled out. But then uh, a couple years ago, one of my friends, very good friends, invited me and my wife to join them for a new campaign. And it was just something that clicked. And we have been just huge fans of like the tabletop community and D&D since then. Are you playing in any campaigns right now? Yes. That same group of people, we are finishing up campaign that started back in 2018. It's We're calling it Endgame because it's a combination of all of these smaller campaigns that we've run in like this multiverse where all of the characters are coming together to try to stop like the big bad from destroying everything. And then I'm also running a Ghost of Saltmarsh campaign that I've tweaked quite a bit for some friends and, and family. Okay, yeah, that's fun. Do you prefer being a player or the DM? Um, there's a lot less preparation and stress <laughs> as a player. So I, I think that I get different things out of both roles. So I don't, I don't know if I necessarily prefer one or the other. It's just fun to get together with, you know, friends and, and tell a cool story. Yeah, fair enough. It definitely does take a lot of preparation though. But that's really cool that your group has been together since 2018. Okay, so... I would love to learn about your journey with music. So I have been in band in middle school, seventh grade, and I played tenor saxophone. And I played, you know, throughout high school. My original plan was to go to college for like a music degree, like whether that be like music composition, music education. You know, I was teetering around with those ideas, but then at the time and like living in the Midwest and not really wanting to move away from family and stuff like that. It's like, well, I can't be a musician and live in Indiana. Like that's just a thing that like, I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, I've also shortly after picking up saxophone, I I started playing guitar. Uh, So I played in, in like some local bands and we never really, you know, went anywhere, did anything, but it was just, you know, friends hanging out in a garage, playing music together and being loud and silly. And, you know, as you do in high school (laughs) and, the few years after high school. And then I I tried to do like some recording stuff with some local bands, but I, that wasn't really, that wasn't really for me. I didn't really vibe super well with a lot of personalities, I guess. So probably like six or seven years ago, I tried to get into creating like orchestral music and trying to like market myself toward like indie game developers and and things of that nature. But I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. So that just kind of fell off. And then last year, you know, with as crazy as 2020 was, I had a friend, also the DM in that campaign that's been going on since 2018, who creates battle maps and, and 
and um, has like Patreon and does all that. He's like, why don't you do that with music? And, you know, just looking for that creative outlet last year to kind of get through those first couple months of quarantine where nobody really knew what was going on. That's where this kind of idea came from. And I've just kind of been trying to grow that into hopefully a full-time job. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to dig into that a little bit. That's awesome that he kind of helped you come up with this idea. So once you decided that, yeah, you wanted to go for it, what were kind of the first steps that you took? Purchasing software was definitely the first step because I I didn't have any, like the last time I had kind of dabbled was like 2014. So it was all pretty outdated. And so I was just trying to, you know, get back in the swing of that. And then I, for a little bit, I would just upload to Patreon things that I had already created while I tried to build up a little bit of a, you know, catalog to release. So I wasn't like trying to scrape it together at the last minute, even though that is now largely what it is today. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, my, what I try to do is I try to release uh, at least one new track with a piano version and a looping version every Friday. And now I, I'm trying to collaborate with as many other creators as possible. So like, you know, other prominent names, like in the TTRPG space, you mad cartographer, Che and Peck, you, and then like smaller creators as well, where it's more you know beneficial for both of us and not just me trying to ride coattails. And, and just there's just a lot of creativity and working with other creative people, I feel like helps me be more creative and come up with, you know, ideas that I otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah, I think that that's really cool and just pretty clever on how you do partner with you know, different map makers and things. But tell me a little bit about that process, whether it's someone that you've reached out to or they've reached out to you once you've decided that you're going to work on a project together. How does that go? It kind of varies from person to person. As a creative person, I'm sure you know that like nobody is the same. Nobody has the same brain. So the way that they try to compile things and do things is going to be completely different and unique from another person almost 100% of the time. But a lot of it is I'm a part of a creator's community on Discord. And a lot of times I'll just shoot out a message like, hey, I'm I'm trying to fill up my calendar for next month. Does anybody want to work together? Um, and, you know, I get some replies to that. And then it just kind of, you know, messaging back and forth on Discord, discussing ideas. What do they want to do? What do I want to do? How can we meet in the middle and make something out of it to release together? But I, d- I don't know that there is like a set, this is how it works 100% of the time. But it, it usually starts with just like that message, like, hey, do you want to you do something together? <laughs> sure. So once you start working with them, is there any kind of process you've tried to figure out that works best for you with just figuring out what the music is going to sound like? I usually just ask, like, a lot of times they have like a, a pretty clear idea of what they want something to sound like or what they envision like the soundtrack for this map or adventure being. So that conversation is, is usually pretty much me asking like, how do you envision this? Like, what do you envision the music being for this? If you have any references, that would be awesome. That would help me a lot. Uh, and a lot of times they don't, but sometimes they do. And, um, 
it's it's very just kind of you know back and forth short little bits trying to figure out how to put it all together (laughs) (laughs) yeah that makes sense do you have a favorite music style that you like to compose I don't know not not particularly like I feel you know in a given week or month the the genres are pretty wide like I know it's probably going to all be some version of orchestral or like soundtrack style music but no I mean anywhere from like middle eastern kind of vibes and scales to like american jazz honestly i try to try to do it all or fake it until i make it kind (laughs) of how much of it is you playing a specific instrument like the sax or guitar versus i don't i've never composed music so i would actually just love to learn more about how that works Okay, yeah. Uh, my process is I have like a keyboard, like a MIDI keyboard that I connect via USB to my computer. And that is usually what I will try to like plink out like chord progressions or melodies on and try to figure out how I want to go about it. So I usually start with just like a piano instrument, a digital instrument, and, you know, start trying to block that out. So I guess you could say a lot of it comes from it starts as like a piano piece and then I will, you know, take pieces and, and move them around and like, okay, now, now this is going to be violins or this is going to be cellos or trumpets or, you know, any number of instruments. That's really cool. How long would you say, I mean, I know it's going to vary on the length of the piece itself, but is there a certain amount of time that you like to devote to a particular song or just kind of working on a bunch of different projects per week? I try to stay pretty focused um, because as I get older, the more I start to realize that I may have like undiagnosed ADHD. So I try to do one thing and complete it before moving on to the other, or I would just have like a thousand things that aren't finished. Yeah, that is definitely understandable. (laughs) Okay, so earlier you mentioned that you are hoping to get this to a point where you're able to do it full time. So with where you are right now, about how many hours per week are you spending on this? I honestly haven't tracked it. I last November, I decided to go part time at my job for just mental health reasons. I wasn't in like the best place. And I just needed that change. So I've been devoting more time since then to it. And that's when I started to actually start seeing growth. So I think that there, you know, is correlation there. But I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 hours a week right now. Oh, wow. Okay. That's including, uh, you know, composing, marketing, networking, researching, all of that. What type of strategies have you found so far, like within different ways you've been doing, like the networking and reaching out to people that have you think have helped you grow? Um, I just think being a part of a community has been helpful because I, when I started, I did not have that and I saw no growth. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, it was just, you know, like a handful of friends were the only people that were supporting me on Patreon and then, you know, getting involved with other people that were doing that in both music and just in the space in general, 
seeing, you know, the strategies that they implemented and, and starting to work with them, I think that is where the growth started to happen. You know, a lot of times, like, it's very nerve wracking to reach out to some of like the bigger name people. But I mean, they're just people and they're probably nice and will answer you. <laughs> so I, I don't know how familiar you are with Foundry Virtual Tabletop. Mm -hmm. But the creator of that, like we've had, you know, some back and forth and he helped me get set up with like a foundry module for free that they they pushed out on their website and on their, you know, list of modules. And I think that was that was probably that was actually last month. And I think last month was the month where I had the most growth, like month to month. So just, you know, just reaching out to people and not being afraid to do that, I think has been for me the biggest kind of boon there. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that where as I've gotten further into the podcast, it's this whole like, oh, I don't know, like I'm so small, like I'm not even going to say anything. And it's like, no, honestly, it's if you don't put yourself out there, then you're like you're never going to be able to grow. Yeah, I mean, as a small creator, you pretty much have to. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of times people feel bad about like kind of feeling like they're spamming their friends or family or their Twitter feed or whatever with, I think a lot of people, you know, creators in general deal with that imposter syndrome. <laughs> but yeah, most people are pretty nice and will talk to you. And it's, it's pretty amazing to find that community and realize that you are a part of it. Yes, absolutely. I love making so many connections with everybody. And it's been fun, like really watching your journey over the last couple of months once I discovered your music too. So I know that you are on YouTube and Patreon. And so with looking ahead into what your ideal week would look like once you're able to do this all full time, what are you kind of working towards? Like what if, do you have specific goals that will help you get to that point? Uh, still trying to like figure that out, honestly. Um you know, I have a pretty long to-do list of things that I want to research, like, you know, that I'm I'm not 100% sure will be beneficial, and I'd like to kind of test the waters on advertising. That's a big one and an expensive one. <laughs> <laughs> a dedicated, like, micro music website to kind of funnel traffic to all of those different places instead of just, you know, a Linktree link. So I'm I'm still trying to piece all of that together and figure out what that could possibly look like. But I think even though there has been, you know, more growth than I, I thought that there would be, I, I'm not at a point now where I, I know what a full-time micro music thing looks like yet. Fair enough. When it comes to just the variety of things that you are composing, you know, do you feel that there are any musical genres that fit better with tabletop games in general than others? I mean, obviously, like the the big kind of, you know, stereotype is like the big epic fantasy, you know, violin swells and mm -hmm. <laughs> big epic war drums and stuff like that. But that that doesn't necessarily fit every situation. I think with as unique as a game uh, as any tabletop game is, like there's going to be situations or any particular genre of music could work. So I don't know. Uh, like just a couple of weeks ago um, in my campaign that I run, they were, it was like this big 
they were fighting this big like demon thing in this arena and i used the doom soundtrack the 2016 doom soundtrack for that and it was awesome and my players loved it so even you know that far into like modern sounding instrumental metal music there's a place for everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) is what i'm trying to get at i guess yeah that makes a lot of sense So what have you learned as you've gotten into more of these collaborations, whether it's if it's something specific about collaborations in general or just how you compose, like maybe if your methods have changed a little bit, you've been doing this for about a year, like specifically with this industry. I'm just kind of curious, like what you there's anything interesting that you've learned along the way. That's a tough one. That's a hard question. (laughs) I think that my approach has maybe changed a little bit in the sense that I'm not trying to necessarily be a perfectionist on everything because once you get into that mindset, you just end up never releasing anything because it's never perfect. So I guess being able to live with small mistakes, I think, is is the biggest thing that I've learned. So when you are setting the ambiance for your own sessions do you prefer to do more like natural ambiance kind of setting specific music modern playlists i do a lot of like general like ambient uh, ambiance stuff when i'm dming just to kind of set the mood not necessarily distract but then i will like switch it up and i try to include as much of my own music in that as possible but there's still like some situations that have that I've we've come across where I don't necessarily think something that I've done fits. So we'll just go to YouTube and find something real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're creating something that's not specifically for a collaboration, but you're just trying to get some more music out there. Is there anything in particular that inspires you or do you kind of pick a certain genre or setting that you want to focus on for a little bit and make some things for? Like, how does that process go for you? It really depends. So my process is typically, you know, like I said before, like the Friday release that I do, that's typically not tied to a collaboration. That's just me trying to do more music. And a lot of times I'll just probably get on like TikTok, honestly, and look up like chord progressions that people are playing and like, here's this cool chord progression, try to write something to it you would be very surprised at how much inspiration that I have drawn from that specifically. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there are some situations, you know, depending on what is like being released in the community or if there's like a new D&D book or like, you know, the time of the year that also, you know, influences that a little bit. Yeah. Is there any of the more recent D&D releases that you are wanting to compose some things for? Or maybe that you've done in the last couple of months or so? Um, myself, as well as uh, a bunch of other tabletop composers, we we released a free album. It's on YouTube and Patreon and probably other places. I'm not sure where everybody else releases at. But um, to go along, we each picked out a, a mystery from Candlekeep Mysteries and wrote a track, like a theme to that mystery. And we're trying to do that again for the new Ravenloft book, but, uh, you know, schedules aren't exactly matching up. So that might be more like a July release, unfortunately. Okay. Where can listeners go to find that? That 
is available on my Patreon and on my YouTube channel. So patreon.com slash music. And then I don't have enough followers on YouTube to have like a unique kind of username. So it's youtube.com and then like a bunch of string of letters and numbers that I don't know. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so we can link to those down in the show notes for sure. Can you tell me a little bit about the one that you did? Like which adventure you picked with Candlekeep Mysteries and what that looked like? Uh, so the one that I picked was Mass Froth's Mighty Digressions. And just kind of reading through it, I'm kind of honestly blanking on what it is about right now. But I, I want to say that it is, you know, this pretty like tense kind of nobody really knows what's going on. Like there's just tension. So I tried to uh, compose something where it kind of just probably like an Easter egg for other composers, honestly, where not every single thing is lining up in the same phrasing. Like some parts will go for four measures that will be lined up with things that go for six measures. And then, but they eventually all meet up at the end kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds really cool. It was a lot of mental gymnastics that I can guarantee almost nobody would notice. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm just curious too. Do you ever find yourself like wanting to take a break and you chill out to some music? And are you able to like actually listen for the fun of it? Or do you find yourself starting to analyze things constantly and kind of like how you would change it? I feel like I've always done that with music anyway. Like I sometimes feel like one of the like the really pretentious music <laughs> snob people a friend will show me something thinking like oh you're gonna love this and then like oh man this is terrible i don't like any of that <laughs> but uh no i i do still you know listen to music specifically as like a background noise or when i'm maybe like working on the non-creative side of this so there is something kind of still going on and i'm not just trying to pound my head against my desk while <laughs> shooting out six thousand self-promo saturday tweets or whatever oh my is. gosh <laughs> self-promo saturday has turned into kind of an interesting beast but for those of you that don't know if you are not on twitter or somehow have managed to avoid saturdays are a great time to promote yourself but there are a lot and lot of people that are doing it and a lot of threads to do it on now. So it can it can be a little bit of work to get yourself out there. Yeah, I, I try to devote a couple hours to it. Back when it like first started, I would basically sit at my computer all day. And then I was like, this isn't healthy. I need to go outside. <laughs> it's definitely getting a little saturated, it feels like. So do you... Usually I just write music for D&D &D, or do you compose for some other game systems? Uh, I mean, I guess the music is pretty system agnostic with the exception that it's mostly fantasy music. I have done like a couple of more sci-fi style things that could maybe fit in like a cyberpunk thing. And that was fun, but it's not really like my specialty. So just kind of the fantasy genre is something that I'm a lot more comfortable with. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I meant more of like in terms of with the collaborations, if most of those have been with D&D. &D. Okay. Aside from the couple of like sci-fi ones, like those were, one of those was a collaboration with Fragmaps, who makes modern 
battle maps, like cities and rooftops and stuff like that. And he's insanely talented. I know that this is, you know, a conversation mostly about me, but I want to plug him for a second because he's phenomenal at what he does. And then also Graham from uh, Wild Magic Surge did some animation stuff with that map. And that was also very cool and a media that I do not understand even a little bit. <laughs> like that seems like literal magic to me. Aside from that, it typically trends D&D just because it's the biggest. Yeah. Do you offer commissions? I do. I'm pretty much always open for commissions because I don't know how to say no to people <laughs> uh, and will take on entirely too much work to the point that I have panic attacks, which is, you know, something that I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I absolutely do do commissions. I'm I'm still in the process of figuring out like how much to charge for that. Mm -hmm. like how much is music worth you know that's kind of a, a weird abstract thing to kind of wrap your head around and i don't think that i've found a good answer <laughs> trying to come up with your own pricing structure for art and creative endeavors in general is just really hard but i imagine that it's got to be harder for music because i feel at least with a visual medium there's more examples of pricing out there well, what kinds of commissions are you offering? Is it mostly just shorter things? Not necessarily. Like uh, if you want like a 20 or 30 minute piece of music, like we'll figure it out, but it's going to be a lot of money. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I have done some shorter pieces where it's, you know, I need like an intro or outro for a podcast. It needs to be with these instruments. It needs to be this long. It needs to do this. And, you know, that was maybe like a, two 20 second pieces of music and i've also had one that was like you know three or four minutes and they wanted it to be in the style of like the la noir theme song which was really fun and really like i had to do some research on that because i'm not by any means or skill level a jazz pianist so i had to kind of fake that one a little bit and try to figure out how to make that work <laughs> What happens when someone comes to you and says, you know, I want a, a podcast intro and I kind of want this vibe to it, but they like, that's all that they know. They just, maybe they want it to be fun and energetic. What type of methods do you use to try and get more information out of them? Do you make a couple of different examples and go from there? Like how, how does that work when someone just has no idea what they actually want? I feel like in most situations like that the person at least has another maybe podcast or like another piece of music in mind so just asking for you know reference tracks that's that is the easiest way to try to figure out what somebody wants is a reference track because if it's a piece of music that already exists that can be analyzed and deconstructed and figure out you know why it works this way what's the chord progression what's the melody what is what's the instrumentation so usually they at least have that or will take some time to get that when asked for it. Or if it's multiple reference tracks, it's I you know try to figure out like what they like about each individual piece. Maybe it's the instrumentation from this, but with the melody of this or the chord progression from this one, you know, it's it's a puzzle, quite literally trying to you know piece that together. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like that tactic, though. It's pretty common that someone wanting a commission doesn't exactly know what they or how to even ask for what they want. They just have this idea and not sure how to vocalize that. So I like that with even with multiple reference points, like helping them pinpoint what actually they like from each part of that. Mm -hmm. Do you have any project in particular that you are the most proud of? And I realize that that's kind of acting like who's your favorite child, but not not particularly right now, like the focus for me is working on trying to get as much of my content as possible just in other you know, places for people to listen to. Uh, so right now I'm trying to make a big push to get a lot out on like Spotify and other streaming services just to kind of get a built in kind of audience. But that's that's kind of the the pet project right now is is the focus on the streaming services and still doing, you know, all the normal stuff like the collaborations and weekly releases and all that stuff. Since I've never really had to do it on the music side front, just on the podcast side front, what is the process for getting music up into Spotify and other streaming services? It's honestly pretty easy. It just takes a little time. I use a distributor called DistroKid. There's like an annual fee. It's not a lot. It's maybe like 20 bucks a year. And when I want to release an album, I usually have my wife come up with an album cover for me because she's an artist and that that's typically the biggest kind of waiting period because she you know has other things that she's getting paid to do uh <laughs> for art so you know sometimes the, my stuff will kind of get put on the back burner but like i i mean i don't want to use somebody else because i've got like this consistent style now throughout you know a handful of releases and always you know strive for consistency at least whether it's good or bad <laughs> <laughs> so when i when i want to release a new album and when when we have like the artwork and everything figure out what the track list is going to be like i'll uh, and it's pretty much just a drop down thing like how many tracks is this what's the name of it and then i have to go through and put like my name on like every single track and upload the mp3 and then it it does all of the legwork of sending it to Spotify, Apple Music, whatever the thing that TikTok uses to pull sounds into it, uh, you know, pretty oh. much any streaming service, including YouTube. Like I don't typically upload my own videos on YouTube. It does it for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, it's not really like a video. It's just like the still album image, but with the song in the background. But yeah, it's a pretty cool tool, I guess. You have music available on TikTok to be added to videos? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like little sections and I don't think that I got to choose what they were. So I don't know how useful they are, mm. but yeah, they're there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I will admit that I feel a little too old for TikTok, but I'm starting to learn it. Just I'm like, here, watch Britain drawing maps. But now that I know that we can find your music, I'm going to look for that. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I tried to maybe get into TikTok and like, try to do that as a creator but that is I don't have the time for that and yeah. <laughs> I am naturally like a pretty introverted person so trying to be like on for the camera for even 30 seconds to a minute was like a big task <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
what I've done so far is kind of just take the lazy way out. And I mean, I have the advantage, I guess, of it being more of a visual medium, but I'll just like set up the tripod with the phone in it and record Brent and drawing maps in like the fast forwarded version and then just upload that and call it a day. I, I need to get my my wife into that because she the software that she uses to to paint like it has the functionality to do like a time lapse like you can turn that on and then everything that you do on the canvas it's recording that as a video but yeah that's again just time and resources <laughs> yeah I think it would be pretty cool if you had some videos on like as you were composing but I also completely understand that it's not only a lot of work to just get it set up but it's so much work to edit so that's understandable yeah like I I have readily available all of the equipment to do that like I have a webcam and I've got like the Elgato key streaming light thing set up to like illuminate me and like my work area because our office is kind of dark so I, I just bought that because I wanted it so I didn't look like a grainy mess in work zoom calls um, <laughs> and did the microphone that I'm using right now and I, I'm set up to do all of that but to actually do it it would take so much time <laughs> it would it really would well looking back over the last year or so uh, since you started doing this uh, this is a question that I like to ask in every interview but what would you say has been the most challenging part for me the most challenging part honestly is is rejection or perceived rejection I don't know how familiar you are with like the Patreon platform. A lot of people will join and then leave same day. I'm like, what is the point of that? You've already given me money. Like, why why you couldn't stick around to see what happens, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that that always bums me out. And I it's always going to happen. So it's just something that I have to learn how to deal with. But it's it's a way of thinking that I don't quite understand completely. Yeah. On your Patreon, do you offer things for download or is it mostly just kind of just to listen, sneak peeks? I mean, yeah, pretty much everything is, is available for download. And I, you know, have it set up in different like master lists of like everything that I've released at every tier are all compiled into one post. So it's really easy to find, really easy to download. It's all dated. It's all in zips. So you can, you know, extract it and it's easy to manage those files. And then I've, I've got another master post that's every single collaboration that I've ever done. And it's a very long <laughs> list <laughs> as well as uh, I do a thing called Free Song Friday, the first Friday of every month uh, where I just put out for free to the public maybe a more themed or track using instrumentation that I wouldn't necessarily always use for what I typically do. So I've got, you know, that list of everything compiled there. So, and then I also have a couple of foundry playlist modules at the higher tiers that people can use and, and upload into their game. So uh, it's not like there's not a lot there because there is. <laughs> oh yeah. I just know that, when we've had that scenario of people coming in paying once and then leaving the same day, they just download everything and then bounce. 
Yeah, yeah. Some of it's like instantaneous, though. It's like there is no possible way that you downloaded <laughs> all of this. Like it's yeah. physically impossible unless you're unless you're using like a clicker bot. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, I guess like thanks for the tip. But honestly, I'm like taking notes on like we have a master post, but it's not a master post that has every single thing that could be downloaded. I'm like, oh, that is a good idea. I should set that up. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, let's flip it around. So what would you say instead has been the most rewarding part of working on the tabletop music? Honestly, being accepted into like the community of creators um, and like having those people as kind of mentors to ask questions to um, like there's like a big one for all creators. And it's got like, you know, a lot of different people in the community in it, like writers, people that make monsters, composers, people that do magic items, illustrators. You know, it's 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 a lot of like extremely, extremely talented visual artists and then like a handful of composers like you know music d20 and arcane anthems and tabletop rpg music they're all just this massive community so being able to kind of soundboard off of those i think has has been just the coolest it's really fun to watch the collaborations that come out and just meet everybody and start talking it is cool. I'm and honestly, I'm really excited about just this genre of tabletop specific music. Like you are doing some really amazing work and I'm just I'm excited to get to meet you and just listen and kind of watch what you're doing as you continue to grow. Yeah, I appreciate that. I it's been it's been a pretty wild year. <laughs> <laughs> as incredibly hard as 2020 has been. There have been a lot of really cool projects and creations that have come out of it. I agree. Yeah. Like everybody that was, you know, had an idea that they never wanted to or felt comfortable executing. Like they just, well, now's as good a time as any. And a, a lot of people came up with a lot of really cool stuff in the past year. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that we talked a little bit about some of the things that you are looking towards working on in the future, but are there any specific projects we haven't talked about that you are allowed to talk about that you're excited about not anything upcoming i do want to talk about one specific collaboration that i did with the mad cartographer who pumps out so much content like i don't know how he sleeps and does what he does because he's he's constantly putting stuff out uh we recently collaborated on this endless wizard tower and I created like music for one floor of the tower and it was like a Fantasia themed thing. So like the instruments were alive and we set it up in foundry. So when you got close to each individual instrument, you could hear it playing, huh. but not the others in the room. Uh, and as you moved around the room, like you could hear the instruments changing and then like the center area, the full track came in and it was just super cool. Just a super cool use of, like that technology and, and that use of foundry. I thought it was just the coolest thing. <laughs> that is really cool. And after we get off, I'm going to ask you for that link so I can put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really unique and interesting concept. I wish that I could say that I could take credit for the idea, but it was actually my wife's idea. And I... Just, I'm so happy that she had it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. 
Well, cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, it was a, a situation where Mad Cartographer, he is, I think, uh, UK-based, so pretty big time zone difference. So I woke up to a message from him you know, asking what I wanted to do, and I'm like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> Lenora, what should I do? And she's like, what if you did like a Fantasia thing? Like, okay, yeah, that's cool. We're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's really fun. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Where all can people find you? Literally everywhere. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, any other streaming service that you might use, no matter how big or small, probably. Patreon, Twitter. I'm pretty inactive on Instagram and Facebook, but I do have those accounts for McRow Music. But they are, you know pretty much like on life support circling the drain fair enough <laughs> i will at least put the active links down in the show notes along with the link to that collaboration because that sounds really cool but seriously thank you so much for coming on this was really fun to get to learn a little bit more about you and what you do oh thank you so much for having me i had a blast I really hope that y'all enjoyed that conversation with Sean. I wanted to have the chance to highlight a little bit more of his music and give you some more samples of the really cool work that he's doing. So feel free to stick around for a little bit longer and I am going to play a bit more of his music. That's it for today's episode of Role Play Grow. To check out the show notes, you can go to lightheartadventures.com RPG. To keep up with every episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review. Reviews are one of the best ways to help a newer podcast get up off the ground. To follow me on Twitter, you can either find me at lightheartadv for our business account or at ketrawcr to see me tweet about other things like my dog and world of work. You can also find us as Lightheart Adventures on both Instagram and Patreon. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week on Role Play Grow.